The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, folks, and welcome to Typology, the show in which we explore the mystery of the human personality through the lens of the Enneagram. I'm Anthony Skinner, producer of the show, and we are happy to be in season two. This is episode three of season two, and we're actually in part two of our interview with Claire Diaz-Ortiz. Claire's an author, speaker, and Silicon Valley innovator who was an employee, early employee of Twitter actually, named one of the 100 most creative people in business by Fast Company. She has quite a resume. And quick story, 2005, Claire discovered the Enneagram and mistyped herself as an Enneagram One. She came on to Typology in season one with us. And in the process of speaking with Ian, began to uncover that she is, in fact, an Enneagram 3. Well, Claire didn't stop there. She dove in deep. And after six months of investigating the Enneagram 3, she is speaking with Ian again. And this is the second part of that new interview. And it's probably one of the most revealing typology interviews that we've had so far. Really powerful interview. So... We are glad that you are here with us. So let's get on with the big announcement. We've got three books to give away here for our Typology Podcast listeners. You all participated in spreading the word for Aaron Nequist's new book, The Eternal Current, How a Practice-Based Faith Can Save Us from Drowning, by posting on Instagram or tweeting on Twitter, listening to Typology Podcast, hashtag The Eternal Current, or I love Typology Podcast, Hashtag the eternal current. We took all the names of those of you that participated in spreading the word, and there were a lot of you, so thank you so much. We've put all those names in a hat, we've drawn the names, and we are ready to announce the winners. Paul, drum roll, please. And the winners are Colby DePrater, Daniel Lawson, and Carrie Hearn. All right. Well, congratulations to all of you. You are going to get a free copy of The Eternal Current, How a Practice-Based Faith Can Save Us from Drowning, the brand new book by Aaron Nequist. And our very own Wendy Nyborg will be reaching out to you to get your address so that you can uh, get your book shipped to you. So congratulations. I'm glad we got some great winners here. And now we get to pick back up with Ian and Claire in part two of this inspiring transformational story. So we're glad that you're here. That's it for me, Anthony Skinner. And now here is the host of our show, Ian Cron. Well, here's the good news. You're not stopping at the old, what's my, oh, now I know my number, and isn't this really interesting, and now I can talk about it at parties, and then, you, but you don't do the, you don't start to use it to do the deeper work, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it sounds like you're heading in that direction, because what you're looking into is the shadow, mm-hmm. and the shadow is not pleasant, you know? No. Uh, and as you know, on the, on the hero's journey, everybody's hero's journey uh, in literature it ha- there has to be a moment when the main character has to look into and confront 
the shadow. Yeah. Now you're gonna make me cry. Yep. And this, I can't even, I can't express how much. I mean, you said on that call, whenever that was five months ago, like you need to look into being three. I can't type you. And that night, I went and I read. I don't know which book I started with and I was just like reading and reading. I was like, Oh my gosh. You know, it was just this incredible like window into yeah. What I've been like flogging myself for my whole life, I guess. Mm. But now what? Before we move out of that, what, uh, What's the, and I know threes have trouble sort of ascribing names to feelings, right? But what, what primary feeling has this experience evoked in you? I mean, I think my first reaction would be sadness, but, but it, it really hasn't all been sadness because there's been this sense of um, like relief that it's not, it feels like it's not me. Do you know what I mean? So it's sad to learn it. But there's this relief that, that yeah, it feels like part of a, a thing <laughs> that people can move through instead of just yeah. a long series of, you know, torturous events that I will never climb out of after, you know, 20 years of therapy. or <laughs> I don't know, you know? Right. Yeah. No, totally. Yeah. Well, I think the, the first thing is, is, I would say to all types on the transformational journey, and what I the word I hear you saying is grief. Mm. Um, mm. There's a little bit of a finer distinction from sadness, uh, but grief is something. It's a very profound emotion. I think every type feels it if it's really mm-hmm. doing its work. Um, it's this sense of oh my gosh, I have yep. been stuck in this repeating, repetitious mm-hmm. pattern of personality. And it has never given me, this strategy has never actually helped me attain what I really wanted, which was love, Mm -hmm. which was to be seen, which was to be valued for who I am, you know, not for what I do as for threes or for being special and unique for fours or for being, you know, knowledgeable like fives. I mean, everybody has Mm -hmm. a strategy, you know, and then you realize this doesn't actually work and you feel stupid and ashamed and sort of grief stricken, I Mm -hmm. think. Yeah. And the danger for all types, but I think for threes and, and I can think of a couple of other numbers like this sevens in particular is, is to not, uh, jump out of that space until it's done with you. Hmm. Hmm. Which is something I have never done. Right. Because uh, because uh, feelings like that, feelings like grief, uh, any afflictive emotion slows the three down. Mm-hmm. It's messy. It gets in the way of productivity. Mm-hmm. It so threes can literally disconnect. They get like a SIM mm-hmm. card. I always say they can pull out feelings and put them aside so they can complete the task they're working on. And of course, they never get to the feelings they never go back to deal with them because the moment that one's done, there's 50 million waiting in the wings and it's in a nanosecond. The next one's there. Mm-hmm. I read another book I read in the last couple of months 
that um, was, you know, perfect for threes out there was um, by an author named Leanna Tankersley. Maybe you know her. No, I don't. She writes in the sort of Christian women's space, and it's a book called Begin Again, The Brave Practice of Releasing Hurt and Receiving Rest. And it used the word grief a lot. And so I'm very much resonating with what you're saying right now. Because mm. that book was very powerful for me. Yeah. And it was like, you know, about understanding the hurt and then finding finding the calm in that. Yeah, finding the calm in that. Are you hopeful? Yeah, I mean, I think understanding is always the beginning, right? I mean, if... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Six months ago, I didn't know this was the pattern or this was the thing, right? And so now, mm-hmm. starting to understand it's the thing, it feels like there's so much opportunity to make it stop being the thing, or at least understand it's the thing and right. understand it's the challenge that you know I'm going to be working with every day. Um, but no, I mean, I cannot mm-hmm. express how transformative it has been. That said, I'm at the point now where I do need more positivity or more direction in terms of okay, what's the, you know, integration path kind of stuff? And what do I do? Mm. Um, you know, I, I guess I feel like I'm nearing that point. Yeah. And so I, I appreciate what you just said. And it's, it's, but the, when a three says, what am I supposed, what am I supposed to do? Ah. Mm. Right. Mm. Uh, that's part of the journey, which mm. is to, mm. to realize it's not, this isn't something well, here I'm going to speak now as someone from a, who self-identifies as a Christian. Not, not everybody in our, in our audience does, so I want to be respectful. But this wonderful, um, I, I think I've quoted this before, but it's worth mentioning again. Evelyn Underhill, who was a great Christian mystic of the 19, early middle 20th century, once said, We spend our lives conjugating the words to have, to want, and to do, when the fundamental verb of the spiritual life is to be. <laughs> So I think the journey for threes is is learning how just to be, uh, to be valued simply for who they are and to really experience it. But for all of us, I mean, these are like trances. All of these numbers are like trances. You know, we fall into the dark side of them and we just go on autopilot. And people can do it for their whole dang lives, you know. Uh, never develop the self-knowledge and the self-awareness from an instrument like the Enneagram where, you know, they could begin to catch themselves in their own dysfunctional game, right? Mm. And, you know, I am, you know, okay, so you're a mom, and I, this is an illustration, I can't remember if I used it in the road back to you, but you know the look that comes over a mother's face when she's gazing into the eyes of a newborn? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, right, you know, right. You, right yeah. It softens, and there's this sort of mutual astonishment, and, 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 it transcends, I'm not sure what's going on, but I think it transcends love. Mm-hmm. And uh, what the child sees in the mother's eyes are uh, that the child is seen, that the child is mm-hmm. beautiful, mm-hmm. and that for no other, and the baby can't do anything except want and need. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So it has nothing mm-hmm. to offer in some ways, you know, I mean, in terms of, you know, practical things. It's actually a drain. But the child just sees, you know, I am, you know, this is if all goes well between mom and, and, and infant, right? I, you know, I am beautiful. So I always tell people that to rest, to, to know that, that God looks at us with the same gaze of the adoring mother. Mm. Yeah. And that, and that nothing can, can make that gaze look in a different direction or look 
rejecting or, right? And so for a three to learn just to sit in the adoring gaze of God and realize I'm loved mm. without having to do a dang thing. I'm just, just for being, right? I was called into being with my givenness and I am loved for that. And that's like, you, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I feel like the, the, one of the big goals of my life, if I could get off this planet kind of believing that, you know what I mean? Like really yeah. getting that through, that would be something, huh? <laughs> it would be indeed. Hmm. How, is it, how is this going to affect your parenting? I mean, it made me think a lot, obviously, about just time and space and being present and which I guess is sort of natural, right, of mm -hmm. the idea of, you know, because it's easy for me to come up with, um, uh, yeah, optimization plans for my children, essentially. <laughs> right, yeah, right, yeah. Um, and even though I'm not going to homeschool or unschool or that sort of thing, I can figure out ways to just you know, like we walked, we live on a lake just to walk to the dock and go fishing and do nothing for an hour today at noon, that sort of thing, right? Which is, mm -hmm. I mean, that's tough for me to do, honestly. Mm -hmm. I I love my kids. But to spend an hour just like wandering around the mud without like having a podcast on or something, you <laughs> right. know, is, mm -hmm. is freaking tough. Yeah. And so that has been so eye-opening. And I started also doing this thing, which I guess is a bit similar, where I, I'm so into like, input, you know, optimization, mm -hmm. that I don't have any time in my days where there isn't input coming in, you know, so it's I do a lot of reading, I listen to podcasts, then I'm, you know, exchanging Voxer messages with people, you know, and there's just so much input, and there's no dead space, right. And so doing a lot of reading about that. And one of the small ways I started to kind of work on that was to say, okay, for a few months, I want to just, because I, I run most days. And so instead of, you know, listening to an audiobook or listening to podcasts or doing something like that on this run, it's just really not doing anything. And that um, has been helpful. I also have been meditating for about a year and a half now. And um, I do think some of my, ultimately, I think meditation is very positive for me. I do think there is obviously an optimization element to it <laughs> that right. maybe I don't know may not be the healthiest you know I use an app where I can check it off every day that kind of thing yep. but at the end of the day in those in the midst of those 20 minutes I think good things are happening right mm -hmm. I don't know I don't know if it's that great that I'm giving myself the gold stars for doing it or not but <laughs> yeah I mean I think there's uh, there's been so much research on mindfulness and on uh, you know it's ability to help us at work. I mean, I think, who was it, Google or somewhere else that they, they actually have meditation spaces and no one, we gets, one, at Twitter, yeah. Yeah, no one gets penalized for going there because yeah. it's just going to make yep. you better at what you do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that that actually misses the whole point of what meditation has meant to Christians mm -hmm. and Buddhists for, you know, 1,700 years for Christians, but certainly and longer for Buddhists, that, um, you know, in meditation, first of all, for in, let's say in the Enneagram context, what we want to see, and we want to step back and observe uh, the flow of what's happening in our thoughts. You know, you're not going to, I mean, we, we secrete thoughts like, you know, enzymes. So it's not like you can stop them in meditation, mm. right? Mm. So, you, you know, part of the, the genius of it is to step back and see the themes and the patterns of what emerges in mm -hmm. that, you know, mm -hmm. and what does it tell you about yourself? And, 
I mean, I can go on and on. I, meditation mm. has been a hugely important um, journey for me in my in my own life. Um, mm-hmm. But the danger for threes is what you're saying, which is turning the task of spiritual, turning the journey of spiritual development into a, a task on your to-do list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And becoming the best at, you know, right. not being a three, you know. So you can't use three energy to cure the three problem. Right? Mm. <laughs> you know, and can't you kind of, can't you start there? Sure. I don't know. I if mean, it's you know, on your to-do list and you actually do it. That's better than not doing it ever, right? It is, unless oh. it just becomes part of the deceit. No, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, and then you think, well, okay, now now I'm my true self. Okay, moving yep. on, you know, and yep, now I'm yep, going to yep, write a yep. I'm going to write a book and monetize a course about yep. how not to be an Enneagram 3, right? Yes. I remember a guy came up to me after a class one time and uh he'd spent the whole day and he came up to me and said, "You know, we we can make a million bucks out of this." Mm. And uh I I where do I learn the Enneagram so that I cuz I want to, you know, create a product and I'm like going, "Dude, you you you, you don't see it yet, do you?" <laughs> you know, like you just gave an example to me it live and in the moment of what a three would, you know, they're always on the hunt for, okay, what's the next thing I can parlay into a success, mm-hmm. another success mm-hmm. story. Oh, and here's a new opportunity for another success, you know, and, um, you know, uh, I'm not saying down the road you, you, you can't use knowledge to, to good ends, but threes have to be careful that they don't start to use these things toward their own ends. Well, so this makes me think of two related sort of anecdote stories that have come together since I discovered I was a three. So Anne Bogle, who you've had on your podcast, mm-hmm. is a friend of mine, and she's in my Women's Mastermind. And she has been, um, she's written a number of nonfiction books, but is now trying to make time to write a novel, right, mm. which is a new project. And I remember when she first started talking about it, I was amazed and also baffled, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's weird. You know what I mean? Like, you've got I do, this. yeah business what do you mean you're gonna write a novel like where's that gonna go you know like yes. might not do anything for your career like just I was baffled right and then I um so I, I do some executive coaching and I have a friend who's an executive coach named Edie Greenblatt and she sent me her book it's called restore yourself it's this awesome book about basically you know the rest and restoration process but what was so interesting about it was that it really talked you know, I guess I'm used to reading a lot of books about how, like, how to rest, how to do less, how to take a Sabbath. And her book was all about figuring out sort of your profile and then figuring out what actually restores you. And so it was mm. so interesting to me to learn that actually restoration isn't just about lying down, but, you know, one of the key ways for my personality for restoration is, is to be creative, right? And then, so both of these stories came together in my head and I realized this thing I've always envied my husband for. My husband, my husband's an architect and he, you know, that's his job, but he loves photography and he loves music. And he has all these vintage guitars and he's always playing them. And I've always been jealous of that, but I didn't mm. really understand why. And I realized it's because I'm not like being creative in my regular life because there's, right, because I, I don't, I don't, I'm not writing a best-selling novel to sell it to a big agent. So I'm not being creative, right? And so this has been super interesting. So trying to identify how to bring more creativity in has been something. So my daughter and I did two small things to sort of start. We went to like a mom-daughter sort of art therapy type class a couple times just because I wanted to sort of see. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out like 
what little things can I do to try to pull that out of me? But, you know, trying not to, as you were just saying, trying not to do it, I guess, with this three energy of, you know, and then, and then I'm going to sell the painting, the amazing painting or, you know, <laughs> whatever it is. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot to love about threes. And, and there's a lot to love about every number uh, when they've realized, you know, they've done, they're in the, pro the journey of, of doing their work, you know. I mean, threes are some of the most powerful leaders, pioneers. Um, they, when they're healthy, this is what's so beautiful. Let me just tell you what's interesting about threes. When I was riding the road back to you, um, I kept trying to find threes in the sort of in a very healthy space, and it wasn't as easy as finding other numbers, right? And I kept thinking, mm -hmm. well, why is that? Well, because in their healthiness, they, they turn to the high side of six, and they don't draw attention to themselves. Um, so it's hard, they're mm -hmm. like hard to find. You know what I'm saying? So I found, I found a guy that I know who calls himself a recovering three, and, mm -hmm. uh, and now he's devoting his energies toward um, empowering and, you know, uh, making nonprofits uh, really optimized. You know, so in other words, he's, he's, mm -hmm. he's trying to make other people and organizations successful mm -hmm. while not flaunting it, uh, you know, not putting it on his, you know, as another feather in his cap. Actually, it's like he, he, he's trying to remain anonymous in the background. Oh, my gosh. You know, like he now he now tithes or gives money to organizations Ooh. without his name on the check. Oh my gosh! He sends it from a from a like a J.P. Morgan fund. You know, like a mm. non, like they just get a check. Uh, he, um, whenever he's with someone, at the end of the conversation, he asks them. You know, he'll ask them first of all. He makes a discipline of uh, in conversations of deflecting. Right. So every time mm -hmm. someone asks him about himself, he, he tries to keep it low key and this is a very very successful guy and mm. and you know he doesn't start credentializing or talking about i went to dartmouth and then i went mm. to harvard and then i you know worked at goldman sachs and then i you mm -hmm. know what i mean or whatever he actually tries to to keep that stuff aside and just keep asking the other person questions you know like tell me about you tell me what your hopes mm. are tell me what you want to do with your life and at the end of his com every conversation he has he asks a person is there anything i can do to help you Wow. Which is great for, because th when threes are unconscious and not, you know, aware of what's going on, the patterns in their lives, they're always thinking in the back of their mind, what can this person do for me? How can this person help me on the road toward more success? Or mm -hmm. what, how can I yeah. use this relationship yeah. to, you know, move on and get yeah, you know, another door? Yep. Yeah, what's the leverage point right now, right? So. How can this person make me more successful? And and for him, it's like, nope, I, I'm learning that I want to focus my energies on, on helping other people achieve or attain, not success in that sense of the word, but become their, their tr the best they can be in their lives, you know? And uh, he runs a nonprofit now for um, uh, helping, helping young leaders, you know? Wow. And, 
not make the same mistakes? I mean, okay, so this, this is, okay. About two months before we had our podcast talk, I um, got introduced to Simon Sinek, who wrote, I think his main book is Start With Why, right? Mm-hmm. And um, the book's great. And he and I had a call, and it was sort of like, it was, it was kind of him. He was just, I was just, you know, I was going through some identity stuff. And so he basically did with me, I guess, a session, which is the type of thing he did maybe about a decade ago when he was first developing the ideas for Start With Why, which is this great book. And, you know, he asked me about some of my earliest childhood memories. And it was a very interesting kind of weird hour, basically. And at the end of it, though, he um, came to this idea, you know, that he wanted me to sort of try on and think about what he thought my path might be based on the things I told him. And it's basically everything you're just saying now. It's the high side of six. It's about the um, using the gifts you've developed to, like, lift up others. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's really interesting you're saying that. Yeah, so it's like the... Really, really interesting. Right. Threes learn they don't have the behind-the-scenes coach stuff. And it was was very powerful to me, but now it's obviously I'm having a pretty powerful moment right now connecting the dots Mm. to how that's Neogram-related, which I had not thought about at all. Yeah. Huh. Wow. So now you're applying... Now you're... You know, there's a sacralizing that's happening of the gift, right? You're, Uh You're... now the gift has been is being used. See, hmm. with every type, when the strategies are used self-referentially, right? So if mm-hmm. your strategy is I must succeed, avoid failure at all costs, mm-hmm. win admiration, you know, mm-hmm. uh, accomplish a million things so everybody will applaud mm-hmm. me, and that gives me a sense of identity, mm-hmm. etc. Then uh, what what happens is is four, threes, they, and when they start to work against it, they learn they don't have to drive the bus anymore. They can just be another bozo on the bus. You know, wow. they, don't, right. they don't have to be in charge or wow. seen. They can just, you know, sort of meld back into the population and you don't become blurry. Mm. You know, you just start to realize, mm. I just, I, I, you know, so one of the virtues for a, a three to develop or a holy <laughs> idea is hope. You know, it's mm-hmm. this hope that everything's going to get done. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's like it, everything can get done if I stop. You know, it's it's okay to stop. No, I, I mean, I'm in love with that, the just being another bozo on the bus. And it immediately, it immediately, you know, brings to mind various memories of, you know, short periods of life when I've been another bozo on the bus and how glorious that has felt at times. You know, that's mm-hmm. so interesting. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I think, um, I actually think that, you know, what feels really bad to you right now, this whole space of grief and confusion, is, I guess is what I'm picking up. Like, well, well, then if it's not that, then mm-hmm. who the hell am I? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. if, if, I, if yeah. I gotta get let go of that strategy, I gotta, yeah. grie- I gotta grieve that it never worked. Mm-hmm. I have to grieve for all the relationships that may have been damaged or lost because mm-hmm. of, my, mm-hmm. of my pattern, of my way of being in the world mm-hmm. that wasn't working. Um, I have to forgive myself for the ways that I, you know, because in every type we have, we've, we've abandoned ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and so, you know, for threes, you, you abandoned yourself to fulfill the expectations of other people and you, you lost touch with your own feelings and yeah. your own identity, what you really wanted. I mean, if I said to, if I say to most threes, what do you want to do? I and mean, what do you want? They don't really know. <laughs> and I thought that was normal. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that was what most people thought. And that is what has been so powerful to understand. Mm. I mean, I, yeah. 
So you always thought that everybody didn't know what they wanted? thought most people were not clear on what they wanted and so did things that worked or were successful or got them to a place where others admired them or mm. they got the resources or admiration or love that they needed from doing mm. that thing. Yeah. Like, and so that's why Ann Vogel's decision to write a novel just didn't make sense. I was like, I, I don't understand. Right. You have this busy career. How are, you have this busy business and you're going to take out time to write a novel because what? Like, I don't understand. Right. right. Yeah. I can, I can understand why that would be, you know, hard for a three to, to get, you know, in, in a lot of ways. So, you know, uh, at, at workshops, you could make the case that at least based on experience for me that threes are the ones who take their number the hardest oh really yep they oh feel, okay they feel huh. more shame they feel more shame than any other number oh. in the room oh that's interesting yeah what they feel is um they feel mm. exposed which is what mm -hmm. shame really is i mean mm -hmm. shame is the fear mm -hmm. of exposure and uh, and being exposed for being deficient or flawed or you know all those things and what, a th what threes often have told me is, oh, my gosh, now everybody knows I'm a fake. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, I mean, all the imposter stuff was so strong in realizing all this. And then also the Brene Brown, the rumbling stuff. It all just came mm. up very clearly for me. Dude, what's, the mean, what's the Brene Brown stuff? I don't, I don't know about the rumbling thing. Um, how does it work? You have to rumble with yourself to get through the shame. I wish I had the exact mm -hmm. phrase. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's like rumbling, she calls it rumbling through your story, maybe that's the word, and mm. coming to terms with the things that didn't work out the way you wanted and the ways you weren't everything you wanted to be and instead of just hiding it, actually like working through it and mm. going through that rumbling mm. kind of phrase. But I thought of that a lot and I thought a lot of the imposter syndrome stuff because, yeah, I mean... <laughs> It's all about, yeah, Brene Bounds reckoning, rumbling, and revolution process for getting back up when you fall down and come out of shame. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think, actually, what, what, what I'm picking up from you right now is, actually, is that, um, though it may not feel like it, I think you're in a really healthy place in the journey. Mm. And I'm, I'm very encouraged because most people... And this is what I'm, I'm writing about right now is... Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, because I, uh, I'm really happy people are learning their number. That was the point I wrote back to you. That was its only goal was to really give people a primer, an introduction to the system. But, you know, we weren't going into deep spiritual work stuff and transformational work. We made reference to it, but not, not in detail. Or, and, you know, as I said to someone the other day, you know, if you're really doing the work with the Enneagram, it's going to kick your ass. <laughs> And it's going to hurt before, you know, it's going to get worse before it gets better. If you, mm -hmm. Because most people just say, oh, I'm a seven. But if you're really doing your work, what you're realizing is, oh, gosh, I thought I was, I identified myself with that personality. But that's not actually who I am. Mm -hmm. Those are, mm -hmm. those are just, those are traits and defense systems, adaptive strategies, way I got through in the world as a little kid. And I just got stuck in the trance of it. I just, you know, it was just me in a cycle just going on and on the truth is you are not your number so when people say to me i am this number i just kind of grimace inside a little bit because i want to say to them mm. if you are then you haven't started the work yet oh 
don't stop mm. at saying, oh, I'm a three, and that's why I do all this. It's like, no, you're just making, you're using your number as an excuse to continue on in this behavior. You, what the Enneagram is revealing, and this is a spiritual power, what it's revealing is, no, that's not you. That's a strategy to win love or whatever it is that you're trying to get, and it's not working. The you underneath it, behind the veil of that personality style, is who we, back to your essence, your original nature, your original goodness, recognizing your own value and worth uh, separate from your self-presentation and person. You see where I'm going? Yeah. So, I mean, and so part of that journey is you have to go through the, I mean, I, you know, I'll sound like a four right now, but everybody's got to go through the valley of tears on this thing. <laughs> and confusion and thinking, well, it, this is all I know. How do I let go of this? If I if I let go of this, who am I? What? Yep. How am I going to survive in the world? This has been well, my survival that's strategy. Very bad for a three. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, and and I think there are very few things that feel like a worse feel worse than this feeling that that oh my gosh everyone everyone think, everyone's going to know now or I know now that I've been kind of a huckster. I've been mm-hmm. hustling, you know. Mm-hmm. I've been out there. I've been hustling people and uh, working a game. And uh, everyone is just, you know, uh, you know, just think I'm slick and mm-hmm. you, you know where I'm going. And it's like, and man, when you can feel that, and I mean, for a three, like just seeing you have all these deep feelings makes me go, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because that means, I mean, I want you, I dare you to do something. Go back and listen to the first podcast we did and okay. listen to, listen to this one. And you will see that you are a different, per- you will hear that you are a different person. That's really interesting. I want you to do That's that. very interesting. You are a different person right now than you were on that first podcast. And I want you to, mm. even, though, even though you're going to go, yeah, but I sound so kind of sad or, you know, confused and lost. And what are people going to think? And it's like, well, I can tell you what I think. And that is that you're doing the work. You are on the journey. On the and, journey. Yeah, and, and it's not it's not a to-do journey. It's just a journey. To be. Uh, and, by the way, I would say this. You are so much more present right now than you were in the first podcast. Oh, that's very true. I would like, really agree with that. Yeah, hmm. you are right here with me right now, and your feelings are with me right hmm. now. Hmm. So that means, you know, all, it's not just your thoughts. It's not just, you know, what you're doing. Uh, it's what I'm sensing is a, a more whole Claire, which is like, yeah, oh, I yeah. oh I brought my feelings here too. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, can I just tell you something? I'm, Anthony is my engineer. It's looking was looking at me. It's looked at me a couple of times during this podcast. Uh, we're all leaning in <laughs> because when so you much. do that, you know what I feel? Mm. Oh, there you are. Oh, that's interesting. There you are, like like. Uh, the mask of personality has gotten thinner, more gauzy, and I can begin mm-hmm. to see the outlines of the real Claire. Mm. I mean, and and you are starting to see the outlines of it, and I feel I am starting to see the outlines of it also. And mm. it's fascinating. I, I, when you live above the surface, you don't realize that there's something below, right? Yes. <laughs> And That's so like that all of psychotherapy, pretty much. Terrifying <laughs> when you realize there's something below, which is kind of me six months ago, and then starting to dig through all the stuff below. But but it's also 
so hopeful. Yeah. So um, everybody's, you know, clear. Everybody who doesn't do their work is essentially a puppet and a marionette. Mm. You know, we all, our mm-hmm. ego would like us to believe that we are so much more in control of our lives than we actually are. There are so many hidden forces of our histories, you know, like what one writer calls history's unmade beds. Oh. And we are the, we are people who are being, you know, jerked around by all of these forces like strings in every direction, you know, and this is why we see these patterns. This is why personalities have taken over. So you're going from, be, you know, having, been someone who's you know how do I say this until now your personality has had you and now you're transitioning to being someone who has a personality say that again all your life from all this is true for all of us until we wake up we have a our personality has us you know we're kind of in service to this game this strategy and so we're just playing it out over and over and over again right uh, uh, trying to get something that's always, you know, it's just out of reach. Or sometimes we get it and then it's not enough and we go try to get more or whatever. You know, it's like drugs, I mean, really. And so yep, yep, so yep. You, you start to, you know, we all have to have a personality. The goal of the Enneagram is not to strip you of to have no personality. Uh, but what it's trying to do is get you to disidentify with those parts of it that just aren't working anymore. Yeah. And to allow other things, your true self will emerge on its own as you put the mask down and do the... You can't make yourself... Uh, you can't, uh, like, sort of chart a journey to the true self and find it. You know, it's not like this. It's something that just will happen naturally as you relax your grip on the old mm-hmm. game of, of your three personalities. Wow. Your true self will emerge on its oh, own. Oh, totally. As you naturally relax yes, the and, and as, the a, grip. as a person, who, again, who's, who identifies as a mm-hmm. Christian, I would say that... And this is going to be hard for threes, but it's true. It's not something you do. It's something that gets done to you. And that, by the way, is why meditation is so important for every type. You know, uh, we, will, we will tend to mm. want to use our own strategy to fix the problem of, our, you know, of the strategy, right? And, and so yep. ones will be, oh, I want to be the perfect not one. You know what I mean? It's like, that's my goal now. It's like, okay, you want to be a perfectionist about not being a perfectionist. I mean, that's crazy. But it's natural, right? It's like, it's like that's how deeply yeah. encoded this stuff is, right? So yeah. like in meditation, what, what you start to say to God is, God, I give you consent in this time to do whatever you'd like in my wiring. You know, Thomas Keating calls it like, uh, I can't remember, it's like sort of holy therapy or, you know, you just, you just mm-hmm. sit and be and say, God, here I am, do for me what I can't do for myself, which is stop this so that mm-hmm. my true self can, can come forward, it can come to the foreground and, and this other thing will recede. And you'll, we're always going to struggle with the type. I mean, it, it, you know, it's always in the shit. It, it can always come back. And we just have to learn how to, uh, as J- Jack, Jack Cornfield, uh, who I love, says, uh, you know, personality is like a puppy on a leash. You know, you got to throw a little kibble every now and then and make sure it doesn't get away. You know, it's like, and I think that's a beautiful kind of thing. You know, you, you stop, it's not, your personality is not monolithic. It's not this gigantic, like, nuclear power center. It's like, it's actually much less powerful than we realize. Like, if you just look at it when it's in the game, it starts to evaporate. Like when you catch yourself doing something very three, like like the letters to your oh. for your kid, and you if you can learn to just look at look at yourself in those moments and give yourself the smiling gaze of the adoring mother, give that oh. to yourself. 
ex- um, you know, extend compassion and friendship to yourself in that moment and say, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, well, of course you, you did this all your life. This is how you survived. This is how you thought, this mm-hmm. is what you thought it was all about. But, and so, of course I can expect it to leak out every now and then. You know, it's deeply in me. But, you know, I don't have to continue to collude with the lie. Hmm. Right. And it's. And, and, I don't have to continue right. to. And so listen. Lie. You know, I'm saying stuff I don't normally say on the podcast because we don't. I don't normally have deep conversations. It's deep. You know. But but what? Here's the thing. Your personality isn't who you are, and when you believe that it is, you're living inside a beautiful lie. Wow. It's not who you are. It's just people don't. You, you never say, "Oh, Claire's a." You know, she's such a good personality. You know, we should, you know, we no, she has a good personality. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's not your identity. But and mm-hmm. so, what you're experiencing in many ways is almost like the withdrawal a, a junkie feels yeah. when the drug is taken away. I completely identify with that. Oh, I completely identify with that. There's this hole. Yeah. yeah. And if you can just hang with that hole a little bit and just say, okay, I'm going to wait and trust that as I continue this work and not keep you know not fall back into the game of projecting the image and you know you know blah 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 that something else is going to come up from the depths and it will be me yeah something else is going to come up from the depths and it will be me yeah and that by the way will you know as a christian i'd say never be fully realized here uh because you know our identity is you know in in our sacred text is that our identity is hidden in christ so that's that's a that's a big that's a challenge in the spiritual life. So there's a uh, do you know this song? Um, here's here's an assignment for you. Uh, um, do you know the David Wilcox song "Underneath"? Okay, no, threes, no. No. <laughs> all threes. Listen to me. I want you to re- the, listen to the song uh, "Underneath," and uh, because in it there's this. Um, there's this chorus that he repeats and he says uh, so I'm tossed on the waves of that surface still the mystery is dark and deep with a much more frightening stillness underneath 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 and I think I think for all of us you know there's that terror like, you know the terror you felt as a little kid when you were in the ocean and you realized wait a minute it's like bottomless like what's down what's down mm-hmm. there you know what could, could what right. could come get me and right. uh, the truth is, is that there, what's down there is the is the pearl, you know. And but there's going to be a lot of scary stuff to kind of walk through to realize that what's underneath is it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Man, well, this has been a an equally good but such a different conversation. Like I, like I don't such a well, different conversation. And I'm so encouraged. I mean, like because I think you're you're really helping people see that it's not, this isn't fun and games. The Enneagram is not fun and games if you're really using it correctly. It, it yeah. really should mess with you. It should disequilibrate you, throw you back on your heels, make you wonder who the hell am I? Who the hell is everybody else? What game have I been playing? Who am I really? Uh, what am I supposed to do now? Um, how do I get through life and survive without this thing? And you know, like what's gonna happen? And, and and yet you know in your heart of hearts, I think, if you're really doing the work too, that it's going to be all right. Like, this is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. And 
because what I'm going to find in the middle of it is a, a relationship with higher power, God, whatever you want to call it, that validates my beauty the way that a mother does when she looks into the eyes of her, of her child. six months i love having you on the show man it's yeah, like intensely it. wonderful this is awesome man. this is awesome thank you so oh. much for this thank you so much for being the catalyst for such a big change in my life such a you know i'm on the journey you know. and that's what it is it's not a it's no, definitely not a one and done deal for sure you know no and and no. so we stay on it and um we we go about the business of trying to cut the strings that you know are jerking us around and figure out who's been pulling them all these years you know what? I really, I really love you, Claire. Thank you. I love you too, Ian. This was awesome. Thank you again. And, uh, let's do it again. All right. Let's do it again. Wonderful. Well, all the best to you. And like I always say to our, our folks when I sign off, it's be yourself. Everybody else is already taken. See ya. Till later.